Good morning. I'm not real good in the mornings. You're not either. I love that you're here. I've loved being with your students this weekend. I love getting to um, connect with my friend, Wade, and uh, he was a part of a church plant with me. He told you he served as an intern with me, but more than that, we just became really good friends. And uh, five years ago, we planted a church together. He was a major cog in, in that, and God took him away. That's okay. And um, I just love to see where some of my former students, where God takes them, and uh, get to see where they live and where they serve and the people they're around. And I have loved this place. I've really been digging the Justin Cofield band. Our worship times have been just amazing. It's been really, just I love the spirit that they lead with. And uh, and then meeting all of you volunteers and then connecting with you students. And we know a little bit more about each other, probably more than you ever really wanted. <clears throat> My bad. I'm so sorry, Wade. I couldn't sleep last night. Part of it was Afrin, part of it was a lot of coffee, and part of it was those videos. <laughs> Just tossing and turning. Why? Why? But we've been talking about family, and you know, there's always misunderstandings within families, right? But we're committed to one another. We're going to journey in this together through thick and thin. <laughs> Different body types, right? <laughs> hey, and uh, I would love, you know, students, there's so many of you. It's been hard to get to know. Some of you have just been stalking me and lurking like sharks, and I'm chum. But it's like, what are you doing? Go do No, I'm kidding. Sixth graders. <clears throat> what? It's been, it's been great getting to know you guys, and I would love to kind of continue that. And I found some of you guys in the Facebook world, mainly because your profile picture was whatever country you were representing. But as the buzz gets around through Facebook over the next couple of days, if you'd like to make me a friend, I'd love to reconnect and kind of figure out who you are. And I would love to just journey this because we are family, and family's bigger than just this. And uh, Friday night we talked about God's plan with family. And uh, we just looked at John, what? 10-10, we're the enemy. There's an enemy, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that he might give us what? Life. And not just life living, hey, look, I am walking and breathing, but life abundant, excessive living. Enjoy every little bit that he has given us. And we looked at just, that's God's plan, and it was destroyed immediately as we epically failed with Adam and Eve. And the enemy did exactly what he does. He stole everything, destroyed it. And God's been restoring, and Jesus was so much a part of it. We talked about that last night. We want to get to the Holy Spirit today because God is not done. As we looked at so many problems in this world, and as we pray over Haiti, and are you kidding me? Over 2,000 bucks almost fell over over there. That was, ah. Uh, Students, that's just, wow, God moving amongst his people. When individuals respond and collectively we come together, that's, that's amazing. But to understand Acts chapter 2, we have to go back to Exodus. So if you've got a Bible, go back to Exodus chapter 32. I'm not going to read a ton here. I think we all know the story, but if you want to just kind of read it as I'm talking, 
I got a little picture here, maybe help you visualize a little bit. I'm a visual learner. The students know I have ADD issues. I need lots of pictures. <laughs> Excuse me. But this is that moment where God has rescued slaves, his nation, Israel. He's called them out. He brought them through the Jordan. I'm sorry. Hello. It's been a long weekend. The Red Sea parted. They came through. They're on this mountain now. And this mountain is ablaze with fire because the presence of God is there. And God warns them, don't touch this mountain. Don't even let your cattle touch it. They will die. Don't come too close. But Moses, you can come on up. I need to have a talk with you. And he reveals himself through a thing called the law. And it's not just Ten Commandments. It's a whole system of how my people, how God's people, how Israel, how you are going to live. This is what God's people looks like. Treat one another fairly. We're going to take care of each other. This is my nation. And he's, Moses is up there a while. And in Exodus 32, that's when they start thinking, the leaders, the leadership starts thinking, you know, Moses has been gone way too long. Do you see that? You see the fire? Do you hear the noise? He's got to be dead. What are we going to do? Our leader's gone. What are we going to do? Let's go back to the old ways like we learned, like we saw when we were in Egypt. And they made a collection. They got all their gold. They fashioned a calf. And they start dancing around and worshiping this calf. And God tells Moses, oh, man, (laughs) my people doing it again. They still don't get it. I need you to go down there. And Moses, you know, it's the moment where he breaks him. He gets totally upset. But what he does is he takes this calf and he uh, breaks it up, turns it into dust, sprinkles it on water, makes the people drink it, and then kills 3,000 of the leadership that day. Okay? So you with me? There's God's presence. There's fire. There's revelation. And then 3,000. You with me? So let's move forward to Acts chapter 2. And there's their calendar, the Israel calendar, Jews, okay? They would have three times a year where they would travel. I got a little picture here of Jerusalem. They would travel to Jerusalem three times a year, once in the fall, twice in the spring. The one in the spring was Passover. And then 50 days after Passover is Pentecost. So since those two were so close together, they would just take a six-week vacation they traveled to Jerusalem, and this place would be overrun by Jews from all over the place. They'd come, and they'd gather together. They'd picnic together, and they would hang out. It's called the Feast of Weeks in between the Passover and the Pentecost. And in, in this particular year, and you know this, Jesus died at the Passover, which was symbolically reminding everybody back in the day when God brought them out of Egypt. And then 50 days later was when they're on the mountain. So Pentecost is a moment where they're remembering their moment with Moses on the mountain and receiving the law, and they celebrate. So this Saturday, they go to church, and uh, here's, the, here's the temple where they go and gather, and there's teaching going on, and they would probably read out of Exodus, where you guys were looking, Exodus. So they just, they're reminded of the story. And all of a sudden, let's look at Acts chapter 2. I just want to read this, because this is where I want to kind of hang out this morning. As the birth of the church happens... Actually, let's back up. Acts chapter 1. Because Jesus is still with them. He was 
He rose from the dead after that Passover Sabbath. And he hung out for 40 days. If you can picture that with me. Because here's Jerusalem filled to capacity with people. And I'm telling you, they know this Jesus. The rumors are going. I don't know how rumors are at your school. Is there a lot of drama that goes on at your school? I live in a two-ways school system in Howe, 2,500 people in our town, small towns. Oh, my goodness, there's drama constantly. So the rumor wheel is always going. There's always something going on. But here's this buzz about this Jesus. And for 40 days, he's showing himself to people. Here's this guy that is very public. He died. But there he is. What's going on? And then in Acts chapter 1, he's meeting with his disciples. Where am I? Yeah, thanks. Acts chapter 1. And he's just sharing with them what's going to be coming. He tells them to stay here. Do not leave. And then in verse 8, let's go to 7. It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, God has his plan. He's going to do it. But this is what's going to happen with you. Verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. You're going to see what I'm going to be doing both in Jerusalem and then in Judea and Samaria and then even to the remotest parts of the earth. And then he went up in the clouds They did just like he said for 10 days. They hung out and then look in chapter two when the day of Pentecost had come. They were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And a lot of people think that the whole house right there in verse two is the same house that chapter one ended. But if you keep reading, it just doesn't make sense. But if you understand that the word house is what they used to call the temple. This temple, they used to call that the house of God. So they're at the house. They're hanging out here. And one of Jesus' favorite places to hang out, here's another little picture. But see along the top, the Solomon's porch, this big, long porch. Here's a fun picture of it. There's a lot of shade under there. And that was one of the favorite places for Jesus and his disciples just to hang out in the shade, talk about things. People would gather. That's often where the Pharisees would come and challenge him. Lots of things happened right there. I think that's where they were hanging out. It's the day of Pentecost. It's a full day of picnic and feasting and sacrifices going on in that temple right there inside that wall on the bottom right. They are just hanging out. And all of a sudden, this wind. And then look what keeps happening. Verse 3. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire. And then it distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven, and they're there gathered anyway because of the feast. From all over they've traveled. And when, verse 6, and when the sound occurred, the crowd came together, and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? In other words, these guys are from how? <laughs> these guys don't, they weren't educated. They're fishermen. They're, aren't they Galileans? They don't know anything. They don't even speak Greek very well. And look, they're speaking our language. What is going on here? And do you see that? Do you see how God, the presence of God shows up? And there's fire. 
and there's revelation, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, because of what we talked about last night, the gruesome price that Jesus paid, the Holy Spirit can now move in. And the birth of the church happened. And then look at this. As they were all there, then Peter gets to stand up. And he teaches for the rest of this chapter. But I want you to see something. Look at the very end of chapter 2. Well, not the very end. But look at verse 38. Peter said to them, So repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of this Jesus, the Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many words he solemnly testified. And then look at verse 41. So then those who had received his word were baptized. And that day there were added how many? 3,000. God didn't miss a moment. The 3,000 that was lost thousands of years before was restored. God's in the business of restoring everything. He restores. Whatever position you find yourself with your life, He's in process of restoring. Oh, I just love that, that God's making things right. And as you go through this, as you go through... The rest is they're trying to figure out what this church looks like. Every time this book refers to church, it's people. You did not come to church this morning. This is not your church. You are the church. And this is the place where the church has come to gather together. And you may call yourself Grace Point, but we are all a part of something bigger than us. And I'm thinking you guys are grasping that. As I look around and I see your Mali project or something going on that we're going to have something real special this morning in a minute. I can't walk through your, all your flags. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you've been upstairs and ever been in the office. But there's even a clock up there that has the world on it. You know, I mean, you guys are globally minded. You know that God is on mission bigger than this place. I just, I love that. I've loved the heart of this place. And I think you do too. Because I've heard that this church... This church, and I'm not talking about this building that was built, what, three years ago? But that this people has tripled in the last three years. You've gone from 250 to however many you got going on now. And I, th- I say amen to that. That's great. I think you see the heart of this place that beats with the heart of God, that he will be known in Jerusalem. You'll see his power in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And you guys are on board with that, I think. And I just, I, I'd love to challenge you. Are you here? Because I think this is probably the heart of your pastor. And are, here, are you here because you love his heart? Or are you here because that's your heart? And some of you may say, absolutely. This is not a judgment question. I'm just asking. I'm just challenging you. Are you on, are, on board with that? We just said, let justice and praise become my embrace. It's praise, God. I love you more than anything. And as a result of that, I have to love everybody else. And this week, we looked at some things that just make us sick. Hello. I may have gone way crazy fast. This technology messes me up. 
Let's see if this is going. Can we go and click that to the next thing? Or are we on lockdown? Let's try to stay on this one. I just shared with the students this past week of just the planet that we live on with abortion that 25% of their generation since 1991, 25% of their generation has been lost because the enemy, what? Steals, kills, destroys. He's very active. Poverty, 26,500 children die a day to preventable causes. Some of those causes, hunger, every five seconds. A child dying, 25,000 a day, 9 million a year. Water, 1.2 billion don't even have access to it. And 5 million die every year due to water-related stuff. HIV, AIDS, 33 million people are affected in our world. So much of that is in Africa. And, Pastor, I know your heart is for Africa. Because you were there two years, is that right? Three. And then trafficking. And please don't think that all this is far off. I showed kids this, and as I went on this, there's an there's a organization I got to know, not for sale. When I was at Passion, I know some of you guys were at Passion. Wade took a group to Passion. 27 million people in bondage today. There's more modern-day slavery now than ever on our planet. And I have this little map that we have. You can go look and see where reported things have happened, where things have been reported. A police report has happened, but so much of this. It says 27 million live in bondage today, and it's not just in brothels in India or whatever. It's actually, there's a picture of the United States and so much is in secret that we don't even have a clue as to how rampant this is. But as we zoom a little closer, you can just see there's Arkansas and a little bit of Texas and Oklahoma. And you see where there's the blank ones. You see the orange squares that don't have anything. That means there's multiple reports. And those the exclamation point means there's at least one. And as I zoom in a little closer and the computer's moving a little slow, go ahead and click it if you can. There's Fayetteville, there's Bentonville, and just click it one more so you can just kind of grasp where it is. There's, click it one more time and your church will pop up. There's where we are right now, and probably less than a minute drive is where there was a moment of an underage girl as a, a slave, forced labor sexually. Right here in your town. It's right in our backyard. And I challenged the kids. I said, is God failing? What is he doing? Like, God, why don't you fix this? Can't you fix this? Aren't you power enough to fix this? Go to Ephesians. This is the theme verse. It's on the back of everybody's shirt. I want us to close with just this challenge. Ephesians. Chapter 2. And can we grasp what's going on? Because... The Holy Spirit moving in His church because of the gruesome sacrifice of Jesus making the way for this to happen and modeling what we're supposed to be about. Chapter 2, verse 19. You are then no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Look at this. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building, not this building, not with the cool lights and the screens and the projection, but you and I, living stones, a whole building being fitted together as the Spirit sees fit, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are being built together into a dwelling place in the Spirit. And I want you to see something. 
I've never noticed this until just about a year ago. Our church went through Ephesians, but in chapter 3, look at verse 8. There's Paul talking. To me, the very least of all the saints, his grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable, what unfathomable riches of Christ. And watch this verse 9. And to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery for which ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Why is God not moving quickly enough for us? Verse 10. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through his church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. God, why don't you fix this? Because out of his wisdom, he's called us to do that. Have you ever noticed that? That he uses the church to speak to the enemy. I told you they could do it. The church, not the building, the people, are overcomers, can overcome anything, can overcome poverty, can overcome abortion, can overcome hunger, can overcome the things even in your own home. We overcome, and we do it together. And I love how that when the fire came down on those apostles and it separated, everybody had their giftedness. Everybody had what the Holy Spirit felt like they needed to have. Every single one of you. And you guys took your spiritual inventory gift last night. But you know what? The test, it helps you maybe point you in the right direction. But here's how you know your gift. Go out and do something. And if you stink at it, then stop and figure out something else. But when you're good at it, that's what God gifted me to do. I took that inventory and it was different every time. Except what was on the bottom of the list, compassion. That was always at the bottom every time. But then when I started being able to teach, I had opportunities to teach. I didn't have that when I was in high school. And all of a sudden I discovered that was never on the top of my inventory list. But I had an ability to teach. And now every time somebody calls me, I say, yeah, yes, I'll come. Thank you for inviting me. I love to talk about this stuff. Because church, you didn't come to church. You're the church. You have the Holy Spirit in you and the fire is in you. And may we let justice and praise become our embrace. Where we see wrongs around us and we become part of the solution. We become overcomers. And you see the heart for the world Because God is everywhere, and He is in action, and He is doing stuff. And there's churches in Haiti right now gathering this morning on the streets because their churches are destroyed, but the church is still gathered, and they are still overcoming. And you students, you raised 2,000 bucks to build almost three shelters to help them as the rainy season comes. We overcome together. God, we just give you the glory. God, I was so excited to join with those angels that are gathered around you today just over and over and over saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. 
Because we got to sing, King of glory, no one like you have your glory. And we got to sing that over and over, and our hearts join with those angels to celebrate you. Your plan is good, and we want to embrace life to the fullest. And God, we recognize that doesn't mean being blessed with so much stuff. But God, that means we get to join you in suffering and going to hard places and going to dark places to carry your light, everlasting light. So that your family might overcome. God, we just give ourselves to you. God, if there's anybody here who just needs to give their heart to you, God, I don't have that in me. God, can you just take it and let them be a part of your story? You bring them in because of Jesus paying the price. You bless them with your spirit as you fit together this holy church that holds your spirit and carries on with your kingdom. And ask it for your glory of your name. Amen.